astrology is so great at predicting the whens and the themes like you know, know the whens like when should I buy a house when is a good time to get a job change I can see kind of like what's coming up like theme wise but I believe the what is up to each of us that's where free will and free choice comes into play it's just how we respond to the energies uh externally and what's coming at us is our own personal choice are we going to choose the positive or are we going to choose the negative expression of these energies that is completely up to us to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class, lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being, and not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand following the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, happy, happy day. It's Ashley, your host of Yoga Magic, and I am so happy you're here. Friends, so many new faces, or I guess ears, but thank you for tuning in. I'm I'm grateful you're here. If you're new to the show, we chat all things self-care and self-discovery. Yoga got me to this land of learning, and now I just want to bring it to you. Lots of tools, practices, and rituals in an easy-to-consume, bite-sized way, so... Yeah, thanks for being here. And thanks to those of you that left a review and a comment last week. It does, it means a lot. It goes super far. I just want to read one quick because it made my day. So I want to give that person a shout out. This is from Heart LA. This podcast is truly magical. Ashley is such a wonderful host to a wide variety of amazing experts. And I look forward to finding out what each week's topic will be. I love how each topic is super accessible, even if it's something I've never heard or learned about before. Ashley makes you want to explore so much more in your yoga journey, and I just love this podcast. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to do that. It really goes a long way. If you're listening right now and you're just like, I like this, I like this show, give it a little love. It's sort of, it's like podcast Venmo, really. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, friends, I have a ghost story for you to start out with. I know you're like, what? The title said astrology. I was looking for astrology. Yes, we will get there. The world works in mysterious ways. And it's crazy that this is all going to tie together. I promise. So when I was growing up in a small town called Sock Center, Minnesota, my best friend Kirsten and I, we waitressed and we night clerked at a local hotel and restaurant called the Palmer House. And we had so much fun. I mean, we were just, we were like a little family. Kelly and Brett, the owners, they were really amazing, and it was just the perfect job for a high schooler. Um, we were also the perfect people to work there because, first, we had each other. We, I had, you know, I had Kirsten, and we also, we were kind of fearless, and that was because the place, I mean, it was legit haunted, without a doubt haunted, and what's so funny about, about this is that I never really felt 
scared about that. I just, I just intuitively knew that there was something that, you know, I couldn't explain around me and that it was fine. So I just, I have so many stories from working there and actually you can Google the place and just like read about a lot of them. The Palmer house is on, I mean, like TV shows and podcasts and all sorts of ghost hunter movies and whatever. Um, it's kind of famous, but the one story that I'll share is one that actually happened to me and my family. So I loved this place so much that I had both my graduation party and the groom's dinner for our wedding there. And at my graduation party, graduation from high school, my cousin, who at the time was like four or five, was there. And she was getting like really irritated. And I mean, like she kept saying like, kind of like running away, not scared, but just like, leave me alone. I don't want to play with you. And (laughs) we're like who are you talking to? Like, what is, what's bugging you over there? And, and she's like running away. And I mean, she's old enough. She can talk and tell us what's happening. She's like, I just, that little boy with a ball won't leave me alone. And I, the minute she said that, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know what's happening here. So when we would night clerk, when we would like stay at the hotel at night, Kirsten and I, we'd always do it together. It was nice to have each other. Um, but people would come down from the hotel down the stairs and and complain to us that there's this little boy and he's running up and down the hallways and he's bouncing a ball and he's keeping everyone up. Can you please talk to the family and deal with this because this isn't okay? And we would we'd have to explain to them like, Ooh, you know, actually, you're the only people in the hotel. <laughs> And this little boy running up and down the halls with halls with a ball, it was he was a ghost or something. I don't know. And so the fact that that my cousin at the time was like seeing this little boy and he was irritated, she was irritated. She didn't want to play with him. I was just like, yep, that seems accurate. And my family was like, oh wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I love that story because it just it ties into everything we're gonna talk about today. Because kids, they're so intuitive. They know when they get information, you know, from whatever source, whether they feel it or they see it, they hear it, they think it. And they're just, they're not conditioned to ignore that information like we are as adults. And so we just, we have a little unlearning to do to get back to in touch with that, get back in touch with the magic of intuition that we may have had when we were kids. And I'm not saying that it's always in, you know, a ghost form by any means. But when something hits us, when information comes our way, we often listen to our ego and we're like, nah, that's a coincidence. Or no, I'm going to ignore that information. And actually listening to that first ping of information is where is where we get the right answers. We have them. So this month on Yoga Magic, we're talking about getting that back, getting our intuition back in check listening to it. And I'm chatting with today with an astrologer and her interpretation of how this um, inter- uh, intuition l- is and how some people may be more intuitive than others based on their chart. Later this month, I'm chatting with a psychic medium, someone in human design, um, someone who works in oracle decks, and just all of these like kind of occult practices, if you will, and how when they're used in a really light-filled way, you can you can tap back into magic, into intuition that we all have, but we're told not to listen to, that we're told maybe isn't real. So how that ghost story that I just told ties into today's guest specifically is that while Meredith and I, Meredith is our guest today, hadn't actually met until 
yesterday <laughs> for the first time in person. We've worked together online, our paths have crossed, and I learned that her favorite place in the whole wide world is the Palmer House. <laughs> And she had her apocalyptic-themed 40th birthday party there this winter. Man, the world is just too small. I love it so much. I love this life. It's crazy. So we're talking astrology today, my friends. Um, If you want to go back to early, early on in the show, when it was still Wedded Wellness, um, with my friend Susan, she gave some of the basics of astrology. Um, She did a live reading. Super interesting. We're going to move a little bit past the basics today. In astrology, um, further down that path with Meredith McGowan of Earthling Astrology. And it's so perfectly timed because I had a joint reading yesterday with Meredith and the psychic medium that she works with, Natalie, who will also be on the show later this month. And something that I really love to do now, having dabbled in astrology a little bit, is to go back and listen to the recordings of my past readings. So she lets you record them. Go back, listen in, and see how that information has applied to my life since then. I mean, it's kind of amazing. It's crazy. Um, Like Meredith has said, she said in the intro of the show, you know, we all have free will. We get to make the decisions in our lives, um, but knowing what's happening in the cosmos, how it applies to our subconscious, to our dreams, to weird, unexplainable events, to our conscious minds... I mean, just makes that much more magical and um, we get to make the choice on on how, you know, how that applies to our life. So I listened back to my last reading and was just like, oh, amazing. Had another reading and now I can't wait to see how that plays out in the coming months. So for those of you who are just tuning in and aren't super familiar with astrology, again, we're going to get just a little bit higher level, but I wanted to explain some super quick basics Your natal chart is what the sky looked like the minute you were born. And I mean the minute. So you need to know the time you were born, the place, the date. And that's how you can figure that out. Your natal chart holds so much information, which I don't even have in my vocabulary, which Meredith for sure does. Um, But I wanted to explain just three signs that we commonly discuss um, since we're going to talk about them today. Your sun your moon, and your rising sign. So your sun sign is like your truest essence. When you look up in a magazine, your sun sign is the one that you're going to look up. Like I was born on June 22nd. I am a cancer sun. When you are in your in your vibe, when you were like in your magic, you're in your sun sign, right? So that's your, that's how you can think of it. I like to think of it as like my truest essence. The moon, your moon sign is, is subconscious. Like what's happening in the background? What's happening in your dreams? The moon is at night. So when you think of, yeah, like when you're sleeping, when you're not fully aware. And I think moon has a lot to do with intuition. And, and Meredith talks a little bit about that. And then your rising sign is, is how people interpret you. So it's the mask you wear. So when someone for the first time meets you, they might say, like, I'm an Aries rising. And so someone will interpret me as like super energetic, really talkative, maybe a little bit over the top. And I'm totally accurate, right? But I'm actually a Cancer. And that's where I truly, where my essence lives in my sun sign. So sun, moon, rising. If you want to get your chart and just to see what it looks like and get those three signs, there's lots of really great apps and sites. I like Channing Nicholas's website, um, www.channingnicholas.com. It's, I'll put it in the show notes. And I like the app CoStar. 
CoStar is a little bit negative. I feel like it doesn't give the full chart information in a always positive light, but it is, it's helpful. And then my sister-in-law last night showed me another one called Sanctuary, another app that's really awesome. So look up your signs with any of these to learn a little bit more about yourself. And then I highly recommend getting your chart read by an astrologer. Specifically, I mean, Meredith is amazing. I cannot recommend her enough. She's just so real about the information, um, not doom and gloom about it. She recognizes, I mean, that there's a positive and a negative side of everything, and we can choose which path we want to go down, and, and I love that. So she does readings digitally for anyone all over the world. She does them in person here in the Twin Cities if you, um, you want to see her in person. She works with dreams and past lives. So if you've listened to any of the episodes with my friend Gina, um, Seville, we past lives. Interesting. Such a cool, <laughs> such a cool path. And, and Meredith works with that as well. Just depends on what you're interested in learning more about. If you just want, you know, your chart, it's a great place to start. So without further ado, let's get to our episode with Meredith McGowan of Earthling Astrology. Just go for it. It'll be great. <laughs> well, I'm curious about this year and just like 2020 WTF, like what the, why, what's happening? You saw it coming. I did. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, I knew something was coming. So in January, two planets, Saturn and Pluto, met in the sign of Capricorn for the first time since 1518. And anytime, I don't want to get too boring and technical with all this like astrology and astronomy language, but anytime these planets meet up, uh, there is some stuff that usually happens on a collective level. Saturn is uh, associated with kind of more uh, doing the hard work, pushing through difficult situations. I mean, Saturn is the last planet we can see with a naked eye, right? So historically, that was the edge of the universe, and Saturn represents boundaries. And Pluto in astrology quickly represents transformation, destruction, uh, rebirth, all of those things. So you combine the planet of structure and discipline and hitting boundaries with the planet of destruction uh, in a sign, the sign of Capricorn, which is very old energy, uh, it's going to be a big deal. So I turned 40 in January and I went to the Palmer house, which you're familiar with I am uh, for my 40th birthday. And I called it the apocalypse birthday party. <laughs> so I was like, something's coming guys. And then as soon as January was over, I was like, whew, we're good. We're clear. Cause the Iran stuff was kind of heating up in January. I was like, what's going to go down? Uh, I told a few Capricorn clients to stock up on firewood because I was convinced that like the power grid was going to go out or something like that. A big storm was going to come. <laughs> and then those clients called me. They're like, it was toilet paper. You should have told us about the toilet paper. Same like, diff, right? Yeah. Mode wood, like <laughs> toilet yep. paper. So that was uh, an ingredient in 2020. And another ingredient is, uh, so Ashley, I think you've played this game with me before. I'm going to spell this planet and you tell me how you pronounce it. U-R-A-N-U-S. I say Uranus. It's either Uranus or Uranus, right? right. So you get urine or anus. So <laughs> this planet makes everyone a little uncomfortable. And currently Uranus is in the sign of Taurus, the sign of comfort. And he hasn't been dipping his toes into that sign since the like 30s. So back then we were all not comfortable as well. So there's a lot going on. Um, I would say we're over the hump. At least I hope we're over the hump for kind of pandemic stuff. Uh, the worst is over. Saturn and Pluto will not meet again 
Um, so yeah, 2020 is a wild ride. It's uh, some of the themes are getting comfortable with discomfort, mm-hmm. which as human beings, not one of our favorite things, <laughs> you know, very, very difficult. We're always chasing comfort and pleasure, uh, the next thing to make us happy. And I keep repeating to myself, happiness is not getting what you want. It's loving what you have. So that's kind mm-hmm. of what my motto has been this year. I love that. So I've heard from a couple different astrologers that not that it's like that we're, it's going to get worse, but like 2021 doesn't look much better. Are you seeing that too? I haven't really looked that far ahead yet. (laughs) Um, I, I have hope that it'll get better. So I personally believe we are kind of launching ourselves into the age of Aquarius. And a lot of these planets and Capricorn are going to be slowly moving into Aquarius. Uh, Will that be better or worse? I think that's up to us. Uh, the higher we vibe personally, I think we'll have a ripple effect on the collective. Mm-hmm. So I keep telling everyone when I meet with them one-on-one, do your inner work, uh, you know, help others along the way. What are you pumping out of your own energy field? Is it doom and gloom? <laughs> Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Let's rein that back in and let's work on that. Uh, and again, any shadow work you can do on yourself will, uh, again, have a ripple effect. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy to see that happen. This is why I like talking to you because I mean, you do see things coming, but you, you put it in this positive way. Like you give the power back to, to us as divine humans that like, yes, you know, Uranus, Uranus, whatever. Uranus is coming for you. Uh, (laughs) Right. So I, you know, astrology is so great at predicting the whens and the themes like you know know the when like when should I buy a house when is a good time to get a job change I can see kind of like what's coming up like theme wise but I believe the what is up to each of us Mm -hmm. that's where free will and free choice comes into play I believe and maybe it's a little you know I don't have too much of a theory on this yet how much is fate how much is free will you know that's a whole other podcast episode it's just how we respond to the energies uh externally and what's coming at us is our own personal choice. Are we going to choose the positive or are we going to choose the negative expression of these energies? That is completely up to us. Let's backtrack. How did you get into astrology? And and you now, I mean, I send so many people your way because I think you're doing such a good job. Are you oh, thank staying you. pretty busy? Like, how's this going? Well, you know, any business, it's like up and down, but this is my passion and I didn't discover it until I was in my 30s. So when I was younger, I was obsessed with like X-Files, Unsolved Mysteries. I was a science geek. I was really, really good at science. I was astronomy club president. I had a telescope from a young age. I was always obsessed with going out and looking at the stars. And I also loved mythology. I mean, that's the one thing I remember from third grade, just being obsessed with mythology, like the Greek and the Roman mythology stories. Little did I know that all of that stuff is uh, mashed in to astrology. It's mythology, it's math, it's science, it's astronomy, and it's storytelling. Um, And I believe astrology, although not accepted by mainstream scientists, is the science of our souls. Uh, And once, I would say astrology found me, I did not go looking for it. I uh, spent 17 years working for, you know, corporations. I was a paralegal for 17 years. And I... I was doing everything I thought was right. I had a great job. I had a great partner. I had a white picket fence house, 401k account, all that stuff. Yet I still felt a little empty and I didn't know why. Um, And I ended up calling off an engagement, which was one of probably the most difficult decision I've made to date. 
and I went a little crazy. Uh, you know, that was a very great guy, great partnership, but like, why didn't I want to get married? I wanted to like get the answer to that. Why did it feel wrong? And this is kind of leading into the intuition, uh, portion Mm -hmm. of this talk today. And I went, uh, looking for answers through Tai Chi, through Reiki. I got certified as a crystal healer. And then somebody randomly in my Reiki class said, do you track your dreams based on where the planets are in the sky. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and he was like, astrology. I was like, astrology, like the stuff you read in the newspaper, or I think I'm a, what am I, a, an ox in the, on the Chinese zodiac? I don't study that one, so I don't even know what I am. Uh, and, uh, and once that seed was planted, I went out and immediately found a teacher, and then I found another teacher, and I was hooked. Uh, and I studied day and night for years. I studied and trained under Moon Rabbit in St. Paul. She has 40 years experience and she's been a great mentor. And I launched my practice about three years ago and I left the corporate world officially about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So I am a full-time astrologer. Uh, I think all my old science teachers may be a little disappointed. <laughs> that was my strongest subject, but I'm like, no, it's all connected. All the ancient astrologers were also astronomers. We can be both. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey, but I love it. Um, still obsessed. It's still my passion and I don't see that changing, uh, anytime soon. And I think more people are getting excited about it. They're getting more aware and it's, it's become more commonplace to even just say, you know what? Like it's, uh, my, my sun sign is, I don't even know how to like put it into, into a phrase, but like, I know I'll, I'll look at the the ch- my chart and use it as a little bit of direction on what next steps I should be taking. Mm-hmm. It also just validates me as, as a human being, as this soul that makes mistakes, that has, mm-hmm. you know, little weird quirks. I just, I generally feel better about myself now that I've learned more about astrology and yeah. Do you think that's, I mean, is that true of other people too, or is that just me? <laughs> that is one of the biggest things I get is, wow, this has been completely validating. Uh, you know, we all are running on a certain level of programming or conditioning from our parents, from our culture, society, from our church, whatever was thrown at us since the moment we took our first breath, which is what the astrology chart is based on. And it's like, you kind of lose yourself depending on your cosmic ingredients. Some signs and some people are more prone to losing themselves than others. Uh, So I can see that. And if I sit down with someone and I say like, oh, I'm surprised you're not a writer, uh, that someone might say, oh, I always wanted to be a writer, but someone told me, you know, when I, somewhere in my history that I shouldn't do that. And that stuck with them. So it's that kind of thing, like finding yourself um, and not, you know, finding out how much of it, of your self-expression is yours or versus, you know, how much of it is what other people want you to be. Uh, that is that is some heavy stuff to kind of work through. But yes, I get it's very validating. And I have found that it's helped me have compassion mm-hmm. for myself and for other people. You know, the other people are like, I just don't understand why they're behaving this way or why they're acting this way. And if I see their chart, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's like light bulb. I'm like, oh, that's what they're, that's what they're dealing with. I, I just have compassion on a different level for people now. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had a really, really early on on this podcast, I had another astrologer friend talk about that same thing. She's just like, I just, I am able to give people a little bit more credit, you know, get when she's she's sort of like in the dating scene and she's like, I I often just give people, especially the people I'm dating a little bit of grace. If I know that they're, 
a Scorpio or whatever, not to like throw Scorpios under the bus. Oh, right. (laughs) You know, she understands those signs and like who these people are in a different way. Right. And just even everybody's love language. That's why I think like every parent should study astrology. Like what are your kids love language? And I know that I, there's a book now, the five love languages, there's one for kids. And I've been tying that to the chart and it's kind of remarkable Um, because, you know, you have kids and like they came out and I'm sure at some times you're like, where, what planet are you from? You know, what just came out of your mouth, right? They're Mm -hmm. all, they're unique little individuals and getting to know them on a cosmic level, I think is so important. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just what, what does their soul want to express? A couple episodes ago, I talked about the last reading I had with Meredith and and her partner, Natalie, who will be next week's guest. Oh, fine. Who's a psychic. Yeah. And um, at that particular reading with you two, we talked a little bit about about my kids. And I just think that, like you said, the love languages of kids and like where we've been with them in, in past lives and all of this has been so helpful because my two girls are so, so different. And I'm just like, how are you so mm-hmm. different? You have the same parents. Like, I don't know. They're their charts are very different, but it's helped me in parenting. Just, yeah, understand them on a different way and have a little bit more patience. So, yeah. Yeah. And even understanding people's triggers, you know, I can see almost those triggers in the chart. And when you put two charts on top of each other, whether it's mom, daughter, whoever, you can see the energy fields and how they're kind of bouncing off each other Mm -hmm. and where you might have to work harder at um, patience (laughs) with your daughter or her having patience with you. You know, it can go both ways. Mm Mm-hmm. So this month on Yoga Magic, we're talking about intuition. And I I just think intuition is such a word that people will say they don't have any idea what they're talking about. Like they think they know what they're talking about. And this is true of myself too. Like I listen to my intuition, but I don't know if I can always differentiate it from other things. And so I wanna I wanna talk this month about intuition and hear it from different perspectives and how to cultivate this and how to identify intuition. And so in your words, what is intuition? It's so hard to put into words, right? (laughs) It's just that knowing that has no logic necessarily to back it up. Um, It's intuition. I like, hopefully Natalie will talk about this next week. It doesn't come with fear or anxiety. If you get kind of like an intuitive hit it should be neutral. So that's how I've been working through mine. I'm like, oh, am I freaking out? Am I anxious? I'm like, that's not intuition. That is a thought that has now manifested into something else. Um, and I use two indicators in an astrology chart to work with intuition. And Ashley, this is where I'm going to start asking you some questions because I have your chart pulled up please, in front of me. Please do. <laughs> um, I use two um, symbols in the chart. The first one is the moon. So most people know their sun sign, right? The sun changes signs once a month. We have 12 signs. The moon in astrology or in the sky changes signs once every two and a half days. And I think it's so important for everyone to know their moon sign. The moon is uh, a big indicator of intuition in the chart. It's your instincts. It's your habits. The moon is what happens when someone tells you something, how your body reacts before your brain kicks on. Does that make sense to you? So, you know, someone can tell you something like, oh, I'm super excited. But then you start thinking about it. You know, both of us with the Capricorn energy, you're like, oh, what can go wrong? Mm -hmm, (laughs) You know, mm -hmm. Capricorns can imagine worst case scenarios, but that's probably, and actually might be your first reaction Mm -hmm. since the moon is in Capricorn. Uh, My moon is in Sagittarius. So I usually react with like, 
woo, this sounds awesome. And then the Capricorn takes over. Like, wait mm-hmm. a second. How is it not going to be awesome? Yeah, I go to doom um, and gloom pretty fast. Like, okay. that's the immediate reaction is like, but uh, this is going to happen. Yes. And the moon is, I consider, earthly energy. It's also mother intuition. So it's like when you know someone's having a bad day, even if they have a smile on their face, that would be kind of the earthly intuition, like reading people's energy field. I consider that some moon stuff. Uh, And the other intuition symbol I work with is Neptune. Uh, And Neptune (laughs) is an outer planet and Neptune is more of that spiritual intuition. Uh, Neptune rules dreams. Uh, I can see people likely to connect to spirit guides, guardian angels, and any loved ones on the other side of the veil based on Neptune signatures in the chart. Um, Neptune is the most spiritual planet there is in the highest vibration. In the negative vibration, Neptune is spirits. So I mm-hmm. see a lot of addicts or people with uh, alcohol problems that are actually very psychic. Uh, they just don't know what to do with it. And they end up numbing all of those feelings they're getting. Cause you know, a lot of us weren't taught what to do with intuition when we were younger. It was very, very logical. At least my upbringing, you know, go to school, go to college, get a job, get a 401k, retire. You know, there was no like, Oh, listen to your body when making a decision. I was never taught uh, those kind of things, but I think that's changing, especially with, um, kids these days and different kind of parenting, uh, techniques. And now we're really, I think, collectively getting more in touch with our emotions uh, at a young age, which uh, historically, I don't think we've been great at. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that you talk about like when you're a kid and, and like, I think about my friends that are, that I would call intuitive. I'm using mm-hmm. air quotes because I don't <laughs> really know what, that, what I'm saying, but like what that I think I'm just like, wow, they, they understand the larger world around them in a really meaningful way. They pick up on nuance and they, when I, you know, dive in to get to know them dif- deeper and I'll use our friend Gina as an example. Like we were both so kind of obsessed with, um, with the darker side of religion growing up. Like, exorcisms or like, like the devil, like that kind of stuff or even like, right. (laughs) Like that. Why were we so, why was I, I was very afraid of that kind of stuff. Cause you got some eighth house stuff going on. That's why. (laughs) Tell me more. What does that mean? The eighth house is the darker part of the chart and associated with the occult. So you're going to kind of pick up like, Ooh, what's an exorcism? What's that all about? Instead of like, Oh, follow the rainbow to heaven. (laughs) You might Mm -hmm. be like, Ooh, let's figure out both sides of that coin. Yeah. And I like, I always sort of think, I thought that was so weird of myself to be, to even be interested in any of that. And now I'm just like, well, oh, that makes sense that, that I would just want to see more than just what was being presented to me in, you know, a religious text or whatever. There's, there's so much more to it. Um, as far as, okay, you had mentioned like intuition is not fear and we can get them confused, right? Right. And I kind of, I think I want to, here's where I'm going to start asking you questions. So in astrology, we use the elements, fire, earth, air, and water. And water historically is the most intuitive element in the chart. So if I see somebody really high on the water element, which is um, the Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces signs are all water signs. I just know that they have a level of intuition. They might not even be aware of it. Water people are highly intuitive. And then since they're highly intuitive, they're also highly empathic. Um, So you being a Cancer, you do, you're very good at earth intuition, um, theoretically. However, uh, your moon is in Capricorn, which is an earth sign. Um, so 
Earth people, which are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, really need proof. They are very tied to physical reality and usually science inclined as well. Um, and it's hard for the earth people to trust their intuition because it's like you need proof before you act on it. And that might be part of your struggle, I'm assuming, because um, you have this intuitive sign, you're a Cancer sun sign, but your Capricorn wants almost proof. And that's kind of the teeter-totter angel devil on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, I have my moon again in Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. And my intuition comes fast and furious. It's like a flash and it never comes back. I can't quite grab it. So I consider myself like a fire intuition and your intuitive markers are in the earth vibration. So can you describe like when you get an intuitive hit, how does it come in for you? Is it more in your body? Um, do you feel it's like in your stomach, in your heart, or somewhere else? I'm very curious. I haven't quite cracked the code on someone with a lot of earthly intuition in the chart, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And you, from my chart, you said you do feel like that I am, because I agree that I am an intuitive person, but like you, you've said this to me before that like, yeah, you are an intuitive individual based on your chart. Yeah, absolutely. There's, of course, some fine print to that. You're high on water element. So you've got that in spades. Your moon in your chart is merged with the planet Neptune. So uh, this is symbolic. If you could look at the moon the moment you took your first breath, Neptune was like right behind it in line. So in astrology, this means these combination of energies are um, merged. And again, Neptune is very, very, very spiritual. And Earth is, uh, sorry, the moon is earthly intuition. And when you get a very spiritual, anything that Neptune touches, Neptune can make very foggy, very unclear. It's like you're like you can't quite grasp it. Um, that's kind of the intuition in your chart. It's all kind of mashed together. Your Earth intuition and your ability to connect to the other side and spirit guides. Hmm. So for you, it would be very difficult. I would imagine to differentiate where is this information coming from is this coming from another non-physical realm or is this coming from the physical universe that i am in daily life you know does that make sense for you yeah it totally does I, that again validation <laughs> sometimes i'm just but i guess i wouldn't say i feel it in any space um like heart head whatever i it just it just is and what you're almost spot on about the Capricorn energies. Like I'll get, like, I'll use an example of, I'll get like a ping that I maybe shouldn't work with somebody in, in like a project. Uh -huh. Um, and I'll, I will ignore that because I, I feel that it's important for the business or I, I need to be as inclusive. Oh, the Capricorn takes over the right? logic. So, okay. Let me backtrack a little bit. Where does, what is the ping? Describe that ping to me. Is it like, again, in your body, is it a thought or is it like one of those things you just can't explain? Isn't it hard to explain it? I can't, I can't explain it. I just like, I don't know where it's coming, where it is in the body. And, but it, if I'm trying to use another example. So, okay. When I started my business, when I originally set off on my own, I knew I wanted to do something in the space of yoga and healing and self-discovery. Mm -hmm. So yes, going to do that. Then I immediately decided, but I have to differentiate myself. I have to be niche. I have to pick something that no one else is doing. And so I went down the path of weddings and wellness, which was no one was really doing that, right? Mm -hmm. In the end, that it just wasn't my real, real passion. And so when I decided to 
get the Capricorn out of the way and, and <laughs> stop that and just really lean into yoga magic and to into yoga and, and self-discovery, I've already seen the results come in like waves at me because I'm living in the actual intuition in that intuitive hit. So I don't know where it's like how it hits me, but it does. Yeah, I would say you probably have clear cognizance, which would be your um, highest. There's different kinds of, there's clear cognizance, clear sentience, clear alliance. Clear cognizance is that inner knowing and the ability to know something. And if someone asks you why, you're just like, I know because I know, which is the most frustrating answer. But I think that's probably where your clear intuition lies. The clairs. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've the clairs. Yes, the clairs. <laughs> Okay. So how then, okay, you've talked a little bit about water signs being intuitive, Neptune playing a part. Um, Can someone that wants to become more intuitive, can they flex that muscle? Can they work on this? How do they do that? I know you have a training, so like, tell me more. I do, and I'm training myself. So I don't have any water in my chart. So, and my intuitive markers, which are the moon and Neptune are also fused in my chart and they are in Natalie's as well. So all three of us have these uh, moon Neptune fusions. My intuitive gifts, so moon and Neptune in my chart work best one-on-one with another person. That's where I'm the most intuitive. But if I went to the mall or sat on an airplane, I'm not reading anybody's energy field. I'm completely detached from that. Mm. And uh, I'm a Capricorn. So I need, you know, I like that logic and I, I like that proof. I like to have a good structure before I make a decision. And it, it's really, it's been hard for me to get my intuition back. I feel like I was intuitive when I was younger. We all were. Uh, about age seven in astrology is when the ego kind of crystallizes and we kind of lose that uh, connection to the other side that we had so strongly when we were younger. So what I do to practice, and this is what I've been doing, and it might not work for everybody, but I like to walk a lot. So I walk four or five miles a day every day that I can, and I walk around a lake by my house. And when I hear a car coming, I'll try and feel what color that car is. And then I try and differentiate that feeling before my brain clicks on and says, oh, it's blue, it's red, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever your brain's thrown at you. But I usually get a ping, like you called it a ping. And I just kind of know it's going to be a light color or it's going to be a dark color or it's going to be a bright red. And when I just trust that knowing, that first kind of hit that comes in, I'm about 90% accurate. Um, And I love science. So I love spreadsheets and like tracking things and, you know, trying to see if I can get better. Um, So that's one thing I do. Um, And anytime you're doing meditation and breath work, just to get your brain to shut up is a great thing to connect back into that heart. And I like reading the science about uh, they're discovering there are actually brain cells in the heart now. Uh, which I what? think is, yeah, there's, it's like backing up uh, what healers have known forever is to lead with the heart because uh, it will guide you. And I've been connecting to that heart chakra more and more. And I can tell you, it's, it's like you get this feeling of Zen. Um, I don't know what other word to describe it. It's really hard to hold on to. I don't know if you've ever felt like you're connected to the Tao or, you know, in flow with the universe. It's hard for me to hold on to that. But just the glimpses that I've gotten, I'm like, oh, it's possible. Um, so I've been practicing trying to get more and more glimpses of those. One every day if I can. Sometimes I go a month <laughs> without getting like that connection, uh, being in line with everything. But yes, it is possible. It's something you can practice. 
Uh, and you, everyone has a different way of dealing with their own intuition. And of course, when you're intuitive, it comes with a level of empathy. And a lot of people numb it, you know, like, again, I kind of mentioned alcohol, drugs, um, binge watching Netflix, just not wanting to deal with anything, kind of shutting off um, your antenna, perhaps, but you can get it back and you can use it in a healthy way where it's not draining you physically. Mm -hmm. That is another thing. Uh, protect your energy field. So people who aren't in a great space or vibing very high, they don't, you know, suck you dry. <laughs> right. um, because especially if you have a level of intuition, you're very prone uh, for others kind of stealing your light without them doing it on purpose. It just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. Especially with you Scorpios who are listening, you're the most prone to uh, picking up the negative vibrations of people. So I, just coming back to that fear idea, this, okay. someone explained it to me in a way that like, I feel like, you know what, I, who it was? It, she didn't explain it to me personally. It was like, it was like a goop show. <laughs> oh, what's her, yeah. I watched a couple of those. I loved them. And she talked about how, so I feel sometimes intense pings, I'll call them uh -huh. pings about my kids. Like I'm afraid that Lily's going to fall into the street. And like, mm -hmm. that is so tied in emotion mm -hmm. that the way Gwyneth Paltrow explained is like when you're, when emotion is tied in, that's not your intuition. And it's hard though, because it's like, it hits you like a wave, like, boom, I, I have to make sure I protect her. And like, great, you know, a mama's intuition is, is fine. But also if it, if it's attached, if it's tied up in emotion, that's more ego. That's more fear than it is intuition. Is that true? right? Intuition is always neutral. Yeah. And how many things in our life are neutral? Not a whole bunch. So that's why it's really, it's difficult to get into that neutrality um, when you get a ping or you get a hit. And I guess I've had a few air quote bad things come in um, that I, you know, like you gave the example of, oh, I shouldn't work with someone. Uh, I had one last night where I was going to go run an errand or something and I was about to leave and I was like, this doesn't feel right. And I wasn't scared. I wasn't, you know, anxious. I was just like, oh, I'm just not going to go. It was completely neutral. And I, di I didn't go. I don't know what might have would have happened if I did. <laughs> Maybe I would have a flat tire or something. But it just it just came in. And I was like, oh, I'm I, this doesn't I don't I don't think I should go. And there was no fear around it. Um, and that's the best I can do. That's a very little example. But that just happened to me last night. I'm like, I feel like I should stay home. I don't know why. I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to trust it. I love, no, I think that's super tangible. And a reading, an earlier reading that you and you had done for me, um, you had given the um, kind of interpretation that I should be more intuitive in work, in workflow. And so, and I've really, really taken that to heart. And now, I mean, like I used to write out every minute of my day the night before and just like, boom, 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 tick through Oh, you Capricorn, things. you. 100 Gotta have Capricorn. that plan. Yep. <laughs> but then what would happen is like, you know, shit would hit the fan or like somebody would, I don't know, get hurt and I have to go like put on band-aids or just like, that's not a real world where I can play, especially with kiddos, like every single hour of the day. So what I started to do was just honestly kind of like have a general framework. I picked two things that I have to get done. And then I move with my day in a much more fluid way. And here's what's come up since you've told me to do that is like, even, even a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start hosting outdoor yoga classes, like just in that moment. I'm like, I'm going to start doing that. And 
it within the next hour, put together a plan, put it on my websites, you know, set the word. And it's been the most fun thing that I've done this summer. <laughs> it's been so helpful. And so using that like Capricorn work energy with yes. intuition has been so helpful. So you trusted that ping. Um, it just came in kind of epiphany or just out of the blue, I should do outdoor yoga and you trusted it and immediately jumped on it. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I assume that did that not come with emotion, not excitement, not fear. It was just like, I'm going to do this very neutral. Yeah. Uh, and you just kind of go tap into that flow. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Let's talk about dreams. Cause that's another layer of this. And you would talk to, you know, what the moon sign and I, well, how I interpret the moon sign, someone's moon sign is like, what's happening in the subconscious when you're, yep. it's happening at night when you're sleeping and like, how do dreams play intuition? Like, and, and what can we do with them? You know, oh, I don't know. This is my jam. So let's hopefully don't get too off topic. So I am a dream worker and my dreams actually led me to astrology. Uh, I met my husband 12 years um, before I met him in waking life, I met him in a dream. So I've had crazy experiences with dreams. And if you, just for those listening that know astrology, I've been tying dreams to the chart and I'm, I've been finding a lot with the 12th house and, uh, the IC, but that's for another episode. Uh, yes, I believe the moon, like you said, is our kind of subconscious that we're maybe not quite aware of. Um, some astrologers consider the moon, the soul. Uh, I also think Neptune plays a role in our dream life because Neptune, again, is the most spiritual planet. It's the planet of dreams and imagination, Um, like kind of magical fairylands. That's how I think of Neptune. And um, with dreams, I found that a lot of Pisces, at least in my practice, have the most precognitive dreams, which is dreaming of something and then it actually happens. And this can be a little terrifying, especially if you have a dream that's kind of a bad dream, and then that thing actually happens later. Uh, And I think it's happening to Pisces because Pisces are the most psychic. Uh, Pisces is the most psychic sign of the zodiac. And Natalie might explain this better, but when you have psychic gifts, sometimes the universe throws you kind of, air quote, bad things uh, because you can't ignore the gift. If you got kind of a ping of something awesome coming or uh, something good along the way, and then it actually happened, you're more likely to write that off. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and with dreams and intuition, I believe we can, I first, I believe we do a lot of work in our dreams. Uh, we are doing a lot of shadow work. We're kind of de-processing our day. Uh, we, I think we can connect to loved ones who have passed away, all that fun stuff. But if you want to become more intuitive, ask your dreams for help. Uh, and your dreams might not speak in English. So, you know, you've had those crazy dreams where your kids turn into walruses or whatever happens. Uh, I always tell people, get a dream dictionary, start tracking your dreams, see what symbols or repetitive dreams keep coming to you, because that's something that your subconscious or the universe is trying to get your attention on. Uh, I used to have a repetitive dream about tornadoes. And as soon as I worked a lot on my anxiety, my tornado dreams stopped. Uh, Have you ever had a repetitive dream that kept coming back that you've noticed? Well, yes, I have. I have a long history of similar dreams, but more recently I've been having dreams about my teeth falling out, which I I know is not a great situation. Uh, my <laughs> husband is- just had that one. That is a common one, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Have you done your Google search on that? What does it mean? Do you know? Well, you know, what it means is up to you, but I think collectively it's like the feeling of insecurity or 
you know, teeth are ruled by Capricorn too. So you might feel like you're losing control in waking life and that's how it might show up in your dreams. You know, Capricorns like ourselves can be control freaks, let's admit it. Uh, and we, if we don't feel like we have a structure of our day or at least the bones of our day, we feel a little unstable. Like we're mm-hmm. walking on a tightrope and that could be why you had that dream if you're feeling like you can't Obviously, we all feel like that during a global pandemic. We can't really control a whole lot. And that's maybe why you had that dream. Um, That's one big interpretation I've heard of that one. There's a lot of other people that have different ones. But interpreting a dream, people can help you with it. But at the end of the day, your dream's meaning is all you. You get to decide what that dream meant specifically for you. So the dreams that I have on repeat, they're different people. But I just... I dream extensively about past high school relationships. Really? Some unfinished business, huh? (laughs) Like, it's so, so weird because my husband and I met when we were 19 years old and we are, I mean, in my subconscious or rather my conscious mind, we are very, very happy. And I have no idea why I dream about people from the past because I don't really have connections with these people, but isn't that weird that I just constantly dream of high school? I don't know. Maybe I do too, but mine is more anxiety. Like I can't find my locker type dreams in high school (laughs) Uh, or I can't, I didn't study for the test kind of stuff. But um, what I work with, with people when, uh, when somebody shows up from your past uh, repeatedly, figure out what that person meant to you. Was this person really, really smart? Uh, Was this person really good at sports? Was this person a really good communicator? Uh, If they're showing up in your dreams, the dream is trying to show you what you may be lacking or uh, what you maybe need to develop in yourself. So Mm -hmm. for example, if these ex-relationships were, again, um, really good communicators, maybe this comes just like, I need to practice my speaking skills or my writing skills, or that's just another kind of goofy example. But uh, if somebody's showing up, and even if animals show up repeatedly, try and figure out, try and get to the bottom of that. I think you'll you'll want to, based on your eighth house that I have pulled up over here, <laughs> uh, crack the code of your dreams. Um, again, figure out what that person meant to you, how you felt about them, and even your own mental and emotional state at that age that you knew them. And maybe you want a piece of you back because it's hard to adult. We're all adulting. We're all doing the best we can. I would love to be 15 again and have people drive me around and hang out with my friends all day. That'd be great. This is like, <laughs> you're so right. This is, And that's where my intuition yeah. kind of led me in interpreting these, why this continues to come up is it's just maybe a little bit of grief um, around the loss of youth. I mean, like mm. being thrown a global pandemic, um, you know, being now somewhat of a stay-at-home mom, I like this has been a huge shift that I did not anticipate. And I think I'm, I think I'm, we're all mourning a little bit. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the good news. Uh, you have a Capricorn moon and Capricorn is the only sign of the Zodiac that reverse ages, if I haven't told you already. So the older you get, you'll actually get younger. We're the Benjamin Buttons of the universe. And that has been so true for me. I was kind of born old. I don't know if you were like kind of born responsible, feeling like I had to do everything for everyone. Never really played with the other kids that well. <laughs> um, and now I'm like, oh, I don't need to work so much. You know, I don't have to put so much pressure on myself. And I think you've been kind of coming to that realization too, letting go of the shoulds. Because uh, mm. Capricorn is a really one of the signs that says, oh, I should do this. I should do this. Um, all the earth signs say that, but Capricorn probably takes the cake. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the basis of my whole business is that like the minute I started doing yoga, I stopped doing things I should, well, not everything, but I got better (laughs) at shooting on myself and, and it's a practice. It's a, absolutely. Oh, I I didn't know that. That makes me very excited. (laughs) Yes. It is. It's been true for me. When I, when I first learned that in my, one of my first astrology classes, I was like, thank God (laughs) I want to get younger. Um, And it has been true. Like I said, I just turned 40 and I feel, I still feel like I'm in my twenties. I feel great. And I'm not beating myself up as much as I used to. Um, And I'm learning to delegate. I don't know if you have trouble with that, like delegate tasks to other people. (laughs) Capricorn isn't so great at that either. So what else is coming? You know, like that even the next couple of months, I feel like you had even said, um, I, I won't even quote you because I, li- I, so everybody, I listened to Natalie le- and Meredith let me record the, my reading and I like will listen to it on, on repeat and awesome. like decipher new things just because. I needed to just do more readings. Of like I've done that with <laughs> readings I've gotten too. Even if you go, you know, wait a year to listen to it again, you're like, oh, you know, you just, I had a past life regression, I think seven or eight years ago, and it's still coming up in my consciousness. Like, oh, it's like things are clicking, you know, mm-hmm. what they might not have made sense at the time you had the reading, but you're like, oh, just kind of flows later. Um, so, oh, what's coming up in the sky? Like cosmic yeah, weather? Let's cl- like in the collective, anything coming in the next couple weeks? I'll just pick out a few. Um, and I'm going to pick out maybe not the next couple weeks, but I want to kind of give a heads up on some of the things that could show up for us. Let me pull another chart. First, I want to just mention that I work a lot with um, karma. <laughs> I don't have another, I don't have another word for karma. Um, and the karmic focus of the collective right now for the next couple years is in Gemini and Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is a sign of truth. And the opposite sign Gemini is a sign of information in a nutshell. So the next couple years, you can, I think we can all expect new information coming to light like different truths coming to life. Um, you know, I've been frustrated with science the last couple months. I'm like, what is the truth? You know, how easily does this spread? How likely am I going to get it? What are the numbers, you know, or truth about a person, you know, or an organization, there's going to be a lot of, I would say, explosive truths coming to light in the next couple of years. Um, how that's going to play out exactly. I don't know, but that is just the karmic focus of all of us right now. Um, this fall, um, so Ashley, you've heard of Mercury retrograde, correct? Correct. We just got okay. done. Thank yes. God. <laughs> just ended yesterday. I've spilled everything in my house numerous times. Our, um, our garbage disposal, our garbage disposal broke. So oh. did mine. Oh my gosh. Yep. Our car, John's car broke. I mean, every, everything, everything. <laughs> uh, yes. No, with you there. So we have, uh, one of the more rare retrogrades coming up this fall and it's with Mars. Okay. And Mars, everything in this chart has a positive negative vibration. Mars, god of war. So you can kind of guess what the negative vibe of Mr. Mars is, right? Fighting, combativeness, anger, aggression, uh, that feeling you want to punch someone in the face. That is Mars in your chart. The positive expression of Mars is ambition, is energy, and is passion. Okay, so this fall, Mars is going to go retrograde for a couple months, like September through November. 
all on the sign of Aries, the sign of the self. Mm -hmm. So how I can just quickly kind of translate this for everyone is if you're not in line with your true passions, if you're not, you know, kind of following your own ambitions, the universe might throw that back in your face this fall. Um, so I would encourage everyone to check in with even your anger, um, irritability stuff. If you're mad, I always tell people, write it on a piece of paper and throw it into a fire, you know, make sure we're expressing our anger in a healthy manner, which again is something that's hard to do. A lot of us like myself are prone to stuffing that down. Um, but Mars retrograde is going to be a little feisty this fall. And there's a a lot of feistiness already going on. So I'm trying to tell everybody that I can really check in with your anger. Um, try and make friends with it, for lack of a better term, unless you have a better term to make. How do you make friends with your anger or just accept it? You know, uh, people, especially Libras, feel guilty if they get mad um, and they think it's a bad thing. But I'm like, we're human. We all get mad. We all get irritable. Um, and what are we doing about that ourselves? Most of us, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of us project it <laughs> onto other people. So check in it like with yourself there. Um, this fall could really show all of us uh, a lot of course correcting can be done if we're paying attention to the signs. Um, and I've talked to a lot of clients that this pandemic was actually a great thing for them because it realized, they realized, oh, I'm not in the job that I wanted to be in. So the universe kind of course corrected them with that. So there's going to be quite possibly dramatic course corrections this fall, um, more on an individual level for all of us. Like, what are you doing? Are you following your ambitions, your passions? And are you putting your energy um, in the correct places? So then if you are, say someone, someone like you and me who like really feel excited about what we're doing right now and like, I guess in a work setting, does that mean then that it's going to be energized? Yeah, depending on where the sign of Aries falls in your chart. So if you know astrology, check Aries because Mars is going to be trekking through this sign the rest of the year, which is huge. Uh, so yes, very possibly if you're following your true calling, business should be booming. Um, this is in the sign of Aries, the sign of the self. Um, so if you're not, you know, getting as much physical activity as possibly you should, um, that might come back to bite you in some way. Um, if you're not expressing your anger in a positive manner, I notice a lot of like eczema and psoriasis or rashes, like Mars likes to show up as something red. It's the red planet. So if you're not kind of getting rid of your anger, watch, you know, my skin will break out if I'm super mad and not talking about it. Um, this is an example of how Mars shows up literally on my face. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so it could be uh, more of that. But yeah, check Aries in your chart. And Ashley, I can pull up yours in a second uh, to see where in your life Mars will be going through your personal identity, uh, your Ooh. first house. Uh, you are an Aries rising, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is, this is a big one for you. This fall is huge. As long as you're doing you, you're golden. I feel that way. Honestly, since we've, I started working with you and, and Gina and like, I'll like kind of this, my, my little healing crew. I yeah. just feel so like, yes, I can do <laughs> it. <laughs> yes. And actually your soul contract is an Aries. So, um, a lot of karmic stuff coming for you this fall, I would say. Is that my North Node too? Is that the same thing? Yes, very good. I'm so proud. Your North Node in Aries. I yeah. um, was talking to someone the other day and like kind of like 
delivering astrology information. And she's like, wow, you know a lot. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I know the tip of the iceberg and like, there's just so much to know. There is. I mean, I feel like I know the tip of the iceberg and just, I only know one form of astrology. There's Vedic, there's Chinese Zodiac. There's all there, like, you can never stop learning, uh, which my Gemini rising loves. Like I love to learn and I will, nobody will ever know all there is to know about the sky and astrology. So it's a never ending quest and I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So will you just, are you going to do your intuition training? Like, is that an ongoing thing? Is it a course or? It used to be. <laughs> um, so Natalie, uh, the psychic that I work with who will be on next week. Um, we teach it together and she does her psychic thing. You're actually getting the class taught by a psychic and someone like myself who doesn't feel like they're a psychic. Um, and she goes into the different gifts and I go into more of the chart and work with each person based on their own chart where you can kind of pull your intuition. Like Ashley, you're actually really intuitive on the other side of the veil. So in your dream life, there's a lot happening um, on that side for you. You can pull in a lot of um, signs and symbols uh, intuitively there. Um, and yes, I think we're just kind of waiting right now to see if we can meet in person. We always, always prefer to teach workshops in person, okay. especially an intuition workshop. Um, it's, it's hard to get that for, for me, at least that intuitive lock on someone through zoom. Um, I like that person, person connection, but of course that's based on my chart, but yeah, we're going to see how things play out and we teach it about three or four times a year. Okay. Um, I'll be the first to sign up. I, this okay. is like, I won't even go to the grocery store right now, but I would, I would come to this. I would wear a solid mask and I would be there. <laughs> oh, nice. We actually found a space where we can spread out. So I will keep you posted. Ooh, we okay, got a big cool. space we can use. I love that. And then if people want to have a reading with you, you do it Zoom, you do it in person, you kind of do all that. I do. I have a physical office space in St. Paul. My website is earthlingastrology.com. Like earthling, we're all earthlings. That's how I named my business, the one thing we all have in common. Um, yeah, I do Zoom. I do email readings. I do voice recorded readings, question-based. Um, I do crystal work. So if you're interested in working with crystals, I can send you kind of an introductory pack. Uh, and I do an intuition enhancement package as well, if that is something that interests people. What is that? So I pick out, based on your birth chart, uh, some crystals that I think will help enhance your intuitive abilities. Mm. Working with them, you know, in yoga, meditation, I put crystals under my pillow at night to increase dream recall, things of that nature. Okay. I got to dive into my dreams. Ugh, yeah, you do. And you got to email fine. them to me too. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I do. You- I think you could lose the dream if you haven't before. Have we talked about this? Have you dreaming become aware in the dream? dream that you're dreaming? Yeah, I do actually. I do do that. Well, you know you're dreaming and you don't wake up. Yes. So you like you become okay. Yeah. Like based on your chart, I think you'd be a slam dunk to do that spontaneously. I think you could do it very easily where some people would have to work harder at becoming lucid in the dream state. Why would you want to be lucid? Like, what is that doing? Oh, it's so cool. Okay. This is like, oh, you want, it's so fun. So, um, a lot of dream actual workers will say become lucid to face your nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's a lot of shadow work you're doing in the dream. I become lucid. Some people fly. I, when I become lucid in a dream, I'm always asking for wisdom. I'm trying to connect to my spirit guides. I've actually called in people who have passed away knowing that I was dreaming. I could connect to them there. Uh, and it has worked uh, a few times. (laughs) So that is the why for me. Like I miss my friends who are no longer on earth. Uh, I want to still kind of have conversations with them. I'm always after wisdom and knowledge 
So that is sometimes what I ask for. And sometimes I'll get a symbol. Sometimes I'll get a one word kind of expressed to me. Um, it's different every time. Or if you just want to walk around in a psychedelic universe and do crazy things that you would not do in waking reality, because we can't fly normally. So it's fun to fly. Um, I walk through walls. It's trippy. Uh, I, I highly suggest lucid dreaming. It, it, it's not boring. <laughs> That's as much as I can say. Okay. This is cool. I didn't even realize it was a thing. I was like, I don't know. Inception. Isn't that like, don't they talk about that a lot? That's that a is a, that is a dream movie. And that's an example. They know they're dreaming uh, yeah. in that movie for sure. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Meredith. I hope, will you come back again? I feel like this is absolutely. Like There's so much we can talk about. We can do more dreams, intuition. We can go down the religious road if you want to go there. Oh, yeah. Let's um, do it. I grew up Catholic, so very familiar with uh, the training program. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, yeah, anything, anytime. I'd love to be on your show. Okay, this was awesome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm your host, Ashley. I hope to see you back next Thursday to talk more about intuition this month. Again, if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or share with a friend. Have a great week.